It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 193, entitled Open Source is Tasty. It was recorded on Monday, the 24th of January, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and today I am joined by two guests. We have got Taco Verdo. Well, his name is actually longer than that, but regrettably, I cannot seem to pronounce it. He's from Yoast, and we've got Gustavo Bordini, who is from the events calendar. As always, there's a lot to talk about. We get deep into some topics this week. First up, a very brief introduction to Gutenberg 12.4, and then... Then there is a quiz from Robert Jacoby called How WordPress Are You? We then talk more about why it is that block themes don't seem to be being created. There's only 39 in the repository at this point. Some new events coming around, WP Careers Summit, that's going to be happening later this year, as well as some webinars. And I'm going to be doing my talk this week. In fact, if you're listening to this on the day it came out, it'll be today. That's WP Builds UI UX show with me and Peach and Neri. Fluent Forms, they've got an update. There is a fabulous plugin by Wicked Plugins, and it's a WordPress block builder. You should check that out. And then we get into a whole conversation about open source and the way it is maintained. It is a deep dive, and it's really, really interesting. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. Hello, 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 hello. I'm going to say hello a lot of times because the audio takes a few moments to settle down. So if I say hello a lot, it settles down. So hopefully it's all settled down by now. Hello, This Week in WordPress, episode number 193. Very glad that you've joined us today. Um, we're joined by two guests this afternoon, both of whom have uh, never been on the show before. I don't know if you kind of picked up, but um, over the last few weeks, since Paul Lacey has decided he's, um, he's moving on, we've decided to get some a sort of panel of co-hosts and we're joined by one of them today and it just occurs to me Taco I have never tried your surname so I'm going in blind but god let me have a go this is uh, this is Taco Verdenshot close enough okay really enough, actually <laughs> yes how should it be Okay, that's nothing like what I said. It's like, <laughs> it it's like their, their yeah. harbulary batteries, <laughs> whatever it was, on yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. But thank you so much. I will improve my pronunciation of your surname. Um, he's joining us over from, uh, from Yoast. You've probably come across Taco, and I'm going to read his little biography out. Taco is the manager of, of community at Yoast. He's the community deputy at the WordPress community team. GTE for the Dutch WP Polyglots team, generalist in WordPress, not really being a developer or designer, but more of an advanced user. He's a father of two daughters, a husband to one, I like that, enjoys motor and trail bike trail, wow, enjoys motor and bike trail riding in his spare time, but, <laughs> but he isn't any good in it, and he's still trying to get rid of his typical Dutch bluntness. I confess, Taco, I honestly didn't I have no preconception about the Dutch being blunt. Is that a thing? Uh, it is a thing I learned getting into the WordPress community and having more international um, uh, conversations. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. okay. Well, you can be as blunt as you like. I have the uh, I have the the, the, the power of the on-off switch. If you say <laughs> if you say something, but it's really nice for you to. I'm so pleased that you're joining us, and hopefully you'll be joining us um, in the future, lots and lots of times as well. We're also joined um, by Gustavo Gustavo, whose surname I tried beforehand, and I think I've got it right. 
Gustavo Bordoni. Is that about right? Good enough. Okay, thumbs up. That's perfect. And Gustavo is um, the engineering manager and principal engineer at the Events Calendar and developer behind Faker Press, PTE for plugins in Portuguese Brazil, husband and soon-to-be father. Let's come back to that in a second. And on the spare time, he enjoys woodworking and Olympic weightlifting. Did I just read that? Olympic weightlifting? What? Yeah, I you do. Yeah, I, yes. I like it quite a bit. <laughs> That's uh, great. <laughs> my and, form of exercise. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've never, I've never met a weightlifter. We, we quite often have Remkus de Vrieson, who is uh, formerly from Yoast, and he, uh, he, I can see, is often lifting heavy weights. I sometimes, sometimes call him out on Twitter. It's quite funny. But father yeah. to soon, you tell us. Yeah, you March. We do March. So yeah, little boy. It's gonna be, it's gonna be quite the 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 new endeavor that is nice um but well well thank you anyway yeah indeed yeah that's that is a really nice thing march will uh, hopefully we'll have you on the show at some point as well in the future and you can tell us how that's going and uh hopefully you'll be able to stay awake during the oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. challenge Uh, oh we know how that goes um (laughs) if you if you want to make some comments if you're dropping in would really appreciate any comments that you want to make just a few little quirky things about the nature of uh, online systems these days if you depending on where you're watching us you might be able to automatically get your name and avatar across but if you're watching us on facebook uh you'll have to go to the thread and click the little link which is at the top you have to go to chat.restream.io forward slash fb Otherwise, you come through as just some sort of anonymous user, which is fine if you want to do it that way, but we don't know who you are. Another thing to mention is if you wish to uh, share this, and I would enjoy that very much if you wanted to just sort of step away from the computer, pick up your phone. This is the URL. It's wpbuilds.com forward slash live. We'll be here for the next 85 minutes or so. And what else? If you've got any comments, just drop them in, and we should be able to see who you are. Let's have a look. There's a few people coming in. Courtney. Hello, Courtney. She says she's super excited Gustavo is sharing today. Ah, nice. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, Rob Cairns. Hello, Rob. Good morning, WordPress peeps. This is not going to be... This is not going to be a fun and exciting week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is, is this not? Is so, this not? Oh, I didn't I read that. it's positive. Yeah. Yes, you are right. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Rob Cairns is always very positive. So uh, this is going to be an exciting week. We're, actually, we're not going to... We're not going to talk too much about 5.9, but obviously there's a lot going on. Um, Courtney's back. Taco 2. Hey, Taco. Hey, Nathan. Thank you very much. Oh, goodness me. They're coming in faster than I can cope with them. Good morning, says Michelle Frechette. Good morning, indeed. And good morning from Mark Westgard. Uh, WS Form is Mark Westgard. Uh, somebody, whoever you are, you haven't done that link thing. That's absolutely fine. I use the events calendar a lot. Yay! Um, greetings and salutations from Peter. I tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to let you read the comments for yourself, guys, and we'll we'll take those off and get stuck into the show if that's okay. But thank you to anybody 
who has made a comment. I appreciate it. Okay, so this week in WordPress, there's a lot to talk about. The, the, the bulk of it at the beginning will be more towards WordPress, and then we sort of stray off into events, things that are happening in the WordPress community, and then towards the end, we just go totally random, and uh, we'll talk about Web3 and things like that. But first piece up is WP Tavern. This is Justin Tadlock uh, over there on the 19th of January, and he was talking about 12.4. This is Gutenberg. Gutenberg 12.4, all of the nice, new, shiny features which are going to be coming along. He's done a deep dive, as he so often does, and uh, and he's got some points to raise about it. He, uh, he mentions that the, well, I'm going to paraphrase, but some theme-related blocks um, have been relocated inside the inserter. There are accessibility improvements. There's a button been added so that you can always close the block inserter and various other bits and pieces. Essentially, it's it's broken down into these sections. The broken site editor, there's there's a fault that he's picked up on with the with a with a broken part of the site editor. It creates a bit of a usability issue. But I, what I'm going to recommend is that you go to this piece, have a little look around, and see what you make of it. You guys, do you use Gutenberg? Are you excited about? It as a project, quite often when we've got guests on, we've had this conversation over and over, but because you guys are new to the show, we haven't. I use it all the time now for pretty much everything, and uh, and I'm quite excited about what's coming in 12.4. Over to you. Yeah, I have one site still on Elementor, um, but everything new is block-based. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty exciting. Um, I just like so I was doing like a meetup here um, for the new like New Jersey uh, like meetup, and I was like I wanted to integrate like with as with a block as much as possible, and it was pretty cool to use Cadence, uh, one of the other uh, products from from Stellar. But it was really interesting to kind of use that as my way into. The blocks that are like full on and then now i'm using it on my blog and like just moved on this weekend to it and then now i'm like playing with like uh creating some patterns and some stuff to 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 get my feet wet on some of the the more like theme related parts since i've been so much into the like the plugin for the past like two years I am. Um, I confess that I'm still. I'm still hitting brick walls with the block editor in in areas. For example, I never particularly used Elementor, but I did um, spend a long time using Beaver Builder. And basically, the way that that looked in the back end, and I'm sure the same would be true for all of these page builders. It genuinely looked identical, bar the fact that you know there's a few little pixels of blue or something surrounding the the component that you're working with at the moment. I have yet to experience that in the block editor. Anything that I've done looks I mean, there's always a little bit of padding. You accidentally hit return and you insert a paragraph block and you didn't even know that you did it. And there's that tiny faint bit of text which indicates you've done it. And if that's in there, it breaks your rows. But I feel that we're getting there. And obviously projects, Gustavo, you mentioned things like cadence and the blocks that you've got, you know, the pro suite of blocks that you've got over there, plus the theme itself. This week is going to be a big week. I think once full site editing has been switched on, things are going to start changing rapidly. But we're not there yet. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think gonna... it holds a lot of promise for for the future. Um, but like you said in in the intro, I'm not a developer. I'm not a designer, and playing with full site editing 
right now is frustrating because I can do about 60 to 70 percent of what I want to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and, and it is frustrating when the things that you are absolutely have on hand in Elementor are unavailable. Uh, I know yeah. what you mean. I do know what you mean. It, it's kind of like a slow and steady, isn't it? It's a slow and steady burn, but we yeah. are we are definitely getting but, there. Like, it's really important. I think anytime someone mentions that, I think it's important to remember that, like, we spent how many years to get WordPress to, like, the state of, like, like, of, like, stability that it is and that you can rely on its tools and a lot of the things that happen. Like, Gutenberg and the pro that piece of the project is huge and it's just like it's, a, it's it's an infant in terms of like the project itself for open source and all that kind of stuff so i'm the promise like tacos had is is the thing the promise for the future yeah i'll just quickly go back to um to justin's article so it basically it's a little incremental push there's a few bits and pieces that have been updated most notably accessibility um but also this categories reminder which justin thought was quite an, an ingenious and necessary thing essentially just as you're um in your editing in the in the editor in the way that you normally do and categories may be a crucial part of your site it might be a, an essential part of your workflow i don't know maybe you've got some sort of template attached to a category which will display it correctly depending on what it is and if you miss it things might go wrong and and i think probably most posts these days need some sort of categorization and you just get this sort of like little nag uh saying here's a suggestion do you want to assign a category for it and uh seems like quite a useful thing i i i have a little checklist which i have in a google doc for when i publish posts on wp builds and i just go through a bullet pointed list but if i could put something like that inside of a post like check categories then i think that's quite useful yeah that's where I think it's going to be super cool having like these like these side panel things coming from plugins. Like Yoast can be like, hey, don't forget this, 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 and this, and this. Or for events, us being able to, hey, don't forget that this is like has a ticket that's not for sale or something along the lines of that. Yeah. That's, it's going to be meaningful. There's a project called Publish Press, which I've seen around a lot, but I've not actually used it. And I believe that it it enables this kind of thing. You know, you you must you must add a category before the publish button is usable, and you must I don't know you must add some some text over a thousand words or whatever it might be. And there's a whole laundry list, and you can you can set it up so that your team cannot publish things until those criteria have been met. And uh, yeah, I guess if uh, I don't know how the, the Yoast platform works, but I'm presuming that those kind of hooks would be quite useful. You know, have you checked your, your yeah. settings in Yoast? Yeah, there is a uh, pre-publish uh, filter available where you can, as a, a plugin, uh, just call that and, and add your own information. And yeah, like you said, Yoast SEO is doing that already. Um, if your post isn't fully optimized, it says, hey, are you sure? You don't want to update this before publishing. Yeah, that's nice. I think that's a nice. And so you can sort of back out. You can say, yes, I'm sure. Leave me alone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. There we go. 
go and look at Justin's piece on the tavern. The links, of course, as always, will be in the show notes, which I'll publish tomorrow morning at seven o'clock in the morning. Next one, okay. <laughs> Next one. This is uh, this is Robert Jacoby just being having a bit of fun with us all. He is, of course, the the, the head of WordPress over at Cloudways, and uh, he's got a little quiz for us. Right? I don't know if you guys managed to get a good score. I'm gonna say well, everybody good. <laughs> okay, uh, twelve or more. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get full score, that's for sure. There was a few that I generally didn't know. So anybody listening to this, score yourself appropriately. Firstly, how do you spell WordPress? You've got three three options. Is it W-O-R-D-P-R-E-S-S with W and P capitalized? Is it all lowercase? And you you can get three points. If you don't spell it correctly, he says he's going to haunt you on social media. I think we all know how to spell WordPress. Dang it, don't we? <laughs> so it's definitely one. Okay, we get a point. All right. So W O R D P R E S S with capitals on the W and the P. Um, if question two is when you ask the bartender at the WP Tavern. So this is Justin Tadlock. He does this regular thing called Ask the Bartender, and he answers a fairly complicated question. Um, do you feel? Number one, you're kidding, right? There isn't a single useful recipe to make this quiz enjoyable. Number two, why won't they just call it WordPress Tavern? And number three, if you don't know Sarah and Justin, you might as well just use Wix. Which one are you going for? (laughs) Obviously three. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go. Yeah, I don't know why they don't call it WordPress Tavern, actually. That is a good question. I wonder if that is out of bounds. Well, yeah, um, it's a trademark violation. So, trademark. yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Okay. All right. So, number three. Uh, let's just do one more, just to keep it brief. Reading this quiz. Oh no, actually, let's go to the last one because that was the one that I don't even have a clue. I just don't even know what this is. Question five goes like this: This one will separate the true WordPressers from the wannabes. Ooh. What kind of tree are you? If you think you're a tree, number one. Did my internet just get hacked? What the heck? Number two, definitely not an elm. I, I don't know what that's about. Number three, from my branches, I democratize publishing. I'm guessing it's three. I will <laughs> for anything that democratizes publishing. So I'm going yeah. to go for three. Yeah, I'm guessing. three. Branches, I'm guessing he's talking about, you know, like repos and things like that, but I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Robert, for keeping us entertained. I actually did enjoy doing that, and I shared it with a few people on social media to see how they did. But um, thank you. I really like the scores at the bottom. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's go through that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well spotted. So depending on how you do on this quiz, again, links in the show notes. Zero to five, you lost. You have lost. Uh, How do do you get zero? Doesn't matter. You obviously clicked the wrong link and wound up here. Thanks for visiting. If you got six to ten, S-Y-S-O-P. Someone built you a WordPress site. Thank you for supporting the ecosystem. 11 to 15, drinking buddy. We've met, but I can't remember your name. <laughs> like that. Uh, number six, we've got 16, fork. You know who you are. You forked B2 Cafe Log. So is, is the idea that only Matt Mullenweg or Mike Little could have scored full marks? I don't know what the question in there was that, that prevented the rest of us from getting it. But anyway, there you go. Bit of fun. <laughs> Alrighty, let's move on. Um, this is actually, I think, a, a piece of concern. I don't know what you guys think, but um, so five point nine. 
rolls out this week. We've got full site editing. We'll talk more about that in a minute. It's coming down the, the pipe. In order to make use of full site editing in its entirety, then you're going to need to have a block-based theme. And you may be very skilled and be able to knock one up by yourself, and that's brilliant. But I would imagine that in most cases, people are going to reach out to the repository in order to to get one of those themes so that they can do their, oh, I don't know, let's say um, navigation blocks and things like that and make their site complete just by using core WordPress. Matt Mullenweg at the State of the Word said that he really would like there to be like something in the region of about 5,000 such themes because obviously the theme directory at the moment has huge numbers of plugins and themes. So why not try to make it like that? But at at the moment of release, 39 uh, block-based themes are in evidence. Now, this piece was published, what, five days ago. Maybe that number has incrementally crept up a tiny little bit, but I imagine it might be in 40 or 41, but it's not going to be a lot. I I don't know if this is a cause for concern. Here's the thing. Um, If you are a theme developer, this article is basically saying, look, why why are you not making the effort to put block-based themes out there so that everybody can try it? And there was quite a few... Whoops, let me just share the screen again. I just took it off accidentally. Uh, There's quite a few points that theme developers are making. And I think I've, I've sort of highlighted like three or four of them on the screen, which I think is really useful. And they illustrate why people haven't yet taken to this. So I'm just going to read a few of them out, and then we can have some commentary uh, from from us at the end. And it says, for example, um, users cannot take advantage of all the new features without a block theme. That's why WordPress 5.9 is introducing the new default theme 2022. So if you're stuck and you can't think of any theme to choose, go for that one and take it from there. Um, but why aren't they being created by these authors? And so here's a few quotes from various people. You can see them on the screen. Um, I don't actually know in all cases who they are, but I'll just read them out. I asked some local agencies here in Cape Town, and some of them indicated workflow in that their agency were extremely efficient at creating sites with their theme, and making a new block theme would eat into profits. Automatic theme development team lead Jeffrey Pierce said. So there's one point, which is, look, we've got our flow down pat. Everybody knows where everything is located in our theme. We can do it in seconds. Why waste time? Um, So that's one option. So here's some Somebody else who says, there is a learning curve, but I expect more and more people will start building and submitting block themes, said WordPress consultant Krasen Slavov. I apologize if I've butchered your name. I'm personally eager to experiment and learn, but since it's a totally new way of building themes, we all need to pay the bills first. So it's a similar approach, really. It's going to use, use up time, development resources, hours and so on. So that's one thing. Uh, We definitely plan to switch to full site editing, but there's a lot for me to learn and experiment with before I'm confident enough to use it in a production environment. So this is this is a slightly different argument. It's not the argument about money. This is the argument about technical expertise and the idea of not really knowing enough to be confident that what you've got up on that website is totally bulletproof. Um, and then finally, we just can't keep up with the changes. CSS Igniter co-founder Gerasimov Vilamolos. I'm so sorry about the names. Uh, it's miles away from offering something other than dead simple themes. There are too many inconsistencies to streamline. So there's a range of thoughts. 39 only. I'm going to open the floor to, to Taco and Gustavo. What are your thoughts on this? So, 
I so so here's how I I see this right like whenever like I think it's the 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 thing about the like the speed in which things are coming on creates a problem for this like the other thing that um that um I forgot whoever who else mentioned that there was like no knowledge like there's still a a, a knowledge to be built mm-hmm. on the topic and the speed creates it a problem for the documentation team and and people that are involved on that to actually like put out the knowledge like put out knowledge bases and like like create documentation around how to get some of that stuff done and for the other parts of wordpress non-block related like non-fsc related there's years of knowledge out there tons of blogs talking about how to do things snippets yeah. a lot of these things won't work anymore um like the way, like the template hierarchy doesn't necessarily work the same way anymore. Um, and a lot of that stuff is now kind of ported over to JavaScript. So I think that is where the, the money is at, is like there's a, like the actual tool is moving really fast and it creates a, a gap of documentation behind it. And, and, and there isn't, like it's really hard to port, like no matter how much, no matter how much is a wrong word, but like if you pour a lot of money into it, you can catch up the documentation, but it's always a catch up situation. And WordPress is the rest of WordPress has that documentation already. So yeah. I, I feel like that's a big portion of what I think. I don't know if you can speak, Gustavo, on behalf of, you know, the 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 cadence arm of Stella WP but obviously you've probably that arm of the business has probably spent an, an awful lot of time creating the documentation for their um, header block uh, not block their header system within the customizer and their footer system within the customizer and all that kind of stuff and it kind of it must must jar a little bit having got that and perfected it and I've played with it and it's a really nice implementation the idea of then sort of like pulling that out and saying, you know what, there's this other way of doing it now, which you can try. It's, it maybe isn't quite as useful to you. Certainly, you're going to have to learn something new. I, I don't know if there's any friction to sort of say, no, we're just going to stick with what we've got forever and ever. Amen. I don't know. Like, so I haven't talked specifically. This is actually something that I really mean to do sometime soon because the events calendar itself is trying to to like figure out how some of the integrations that we are going to do for blocks like in the next little bit um and talking to the people in cadence that have a lot of experience on that i want to like kind of poke uh people's brain around that that topic but i can't speak to what like what what is their like their path forward Mm. to be honest yeah but it creates a problem right and Taco, over on the Yoast side, I mean, you're, you guys do a, a just breathtakingly good job with your documentation and blog posts. I mean, it, right down to the point of like creating custom artwork for just about everything that you do. It's pretty, pretty darn impressive. Do you, do you, do you sort of foresee this as a bit of a problem, you know, creating the documentation? Are you having to rewrite and jettison a whole load of stuff? Um, well, I don't think too much changes for us in terms of documentation. Um, definitely some things look different in, in the block editor and especially with FSE, um, but not all that much uh, because most of the analysis that we do now in Yoast SEO is, is still um, on 
a per post or per page or per custom post type and not specifically per block. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. while the technology behind it will absolutely have to change with WordPress, um, on the documentation side, not so much, I think. The, um, sorry, you carry on, apologies. Yeah, so what, what I was thinking is uh, we shouldn't really be surprised that it's only 30-something uh, block-based themes right now because the people that are adopting um, the the FSC parts right now and, and um, are early adopters. They're the people who are willing to go that extra mile to figure out that uh, that system and once we they have a few good sites up and running and people see wow so this is possible with uh, FSE then the rest will follow and and um, then people have something to look at and say well I want to build something like this uh, and then we'll probably see a big increase but I don't think there's a reason because uh, WordPress has a brilliant pretty much brilliant backwards compatibility. Hmm. There's no reason for any agency to revisit the site they built earlier to say, hey, let's throw this around and build it on FSE. If yeah. there's no other reason to redo that site. Yeah, it's a good point. I guess it's one of those things where a client might come back to you every two or three years because there's just it just looks wrong now. The website has become out of date and looks out of date. Maybe there's some big moment in time like google have done some sort of thing to the algorithm which means actually we need to start over yeah. or whatever it may be and maybe that's the time to dwell on this kind of stuff so just to just to put something back into this um the context of this i suppose sarah is that sarah makes sarah gooding makes that there's um there's quite a lot of people who don't even use the block editor you know there's five million wordpress users who are, haven't transitioned to the wordpress block editor she says still using the classic editor that is jolly big number um this experience is obviously not the same but there's a lot of people who aren't, aren't literally will be it'll be unavailable to them so um yeah i just thought it was curious that given the opportunity to create a load of block-based themes and with the deadline for want of a better word being this week i i was kind of anticipating that there would be more than 39 and i, I guess that's sarah's point is that people have got good reason i wonder if this will open the floodgates you know because it will be in core why not from from t tomorrow onwards basically let's just see how that goes um actually has a um very good comment on that well courtney as well definitely props to the docs team for sure but Peter's saying smart things as well. So Peter Ingersoll, thanks for joining us. Uh, he says, FSE and so block-based themes is intentionally being released in a way that allows developers to ramp up as they, they experiment and learn. Lessons were learned in 5.0, all is well. Yeah, Josepha uh, kind of went out of her way, didn't she, after the kind of like to figure out what went wrong with 5.0 and where the, where, where, where the listening failed, should we say. And, I think that yeah. was beautiful from, from like coming from a plugins perspective, like bo both me and Taco work for like plugin companies in, and we are, we are integrating with it from a, like from a tangential point into the theme. Like, but the, the thing that's like beautiful to see is that even though like there's incompatibility with like tons of plugins widgets on FSC, it's still like a, a, 
kind of huge quotes beta feature that that is like ramping up over the and i think the major thing is you're saying you use the word deadline as being the 5.9 i i think it's i don't know i think it's more like a uh the 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 beginning of the race you know mm -hmm. uh like it, that's kind of like the feeling that i get is like now the f5.9 is out begins the race for like which one of the three themes will reign the like the like avada or other themes do on the like the premium side you know with yeah. their own block editors of sorts I'm going to I'm going to assume that what Robert's saying here is true and he's saying that um he agrees with Peter for a start but he is saying that Cadence for example they they've issued a a statement saying something along the lines of just leave FSE switched off for now and let's see how things go. It's a bit like me. I don't update to a point release of WordPress for like at least 24 hours after it comes <laughs> out, just just in case something goes wrong. So yeah, well, why not take that approach? And this is interesting. Jordan, thanks for joining us. Uh, he says he's actually in the process of starting out creating a block-based theme uh, we can use at the agency I work at. That's fascinating. He's got a lot more to say. We only start it now as all the reviews I, or you reviews one of the block-based editor made it seem like it was not ready. He also noticed uh, a lot of people that use Gutenberg had other plugins like Oxygen, for example. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, wow, writing loads. Thanks, Jordan. I'm very much looking forward to moving forward to block-based themes and see how far this can go. And... Finally, for now, my other fear about block-based themes was the speed on how much bloat was inserted. Jordan, thank you for that. That's really enriched this conversation. We expect number 40 to be in the theme directory. <laughs> what should we give you? This time tomorrow? <laughs> but thank you for joining in the conversation about that. It's fascinating. And I'm curious as to why you've jumped in now. Uh, I wonder if it's just because of what, what this article kind of made the point of the floodgates will open in the next few days, and this seems like a good point to start it. Brilliant. Okay, that was a nice little chat. I'm going to mention a few events. I know Michelle Frechette is on the line, um, and she she has got an event with post status coming up in the near future. Uh, it's called the WP Careers Summit, and it's open for registration. Open, They're calling for speakers and sponsors. I'll just give you the headline bullet points of what this is all about. So the WP Careers Summit is a new event hosted by post status community that will take place on the 8th of April 2022. Highlighted a little bit back down here. The call for speakers and sponsors is now open. Jonathan Wold, who's been on the show, is managing the sponsorship aspects of the event and post status was has hired Dan maybe from Big Orange Heart to run the tech part of the conference organizers are looking to looking for speakers who are particularly adept at job hunting or who are knowledgeable about how to recruit and hire talent selected speakers will share their expertise 30 minute recorded presentation so that's anxiety busting right there you get to record it uh, in advance and you will get a $200 stipend uh, WP career summit will be a virtual event and we'll have a 15 minute Q&A following session so if you're in this arena you're into WP and you you know you know a thing or two about jobs hiring positioning yourself for being a good candidate for a job and so on. This is probably for you. This is a WP Tavern article, but if I just click on this link, we'll... Oh, can I click on that link? Yes. WPCareerSummit.com. No hyphens or underscores, just all as one word. WPCareerSummit.com. 
www.thepodcastmag.com. Uh, I'm going to totally switch gears and move to this piece. No, I'm not. I'm going to switch piece and move to this piece because that just seems like the segue that ought to be. Uh, this is Yoast. They got a few jobs over at Yoast, <laughs> and they've uh, they've just recently redesigned their 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 um their what's the word the, the, the methodology the way that they're doing this site over the last few days i actually had this piece in uh forgetting that taco was going to be on the show today but you've got a few jobs going tell us about this site and the jobs that you've got coming up well yeah so we um uh i'm saying we but i didn't do anything because they don't let me touch code anymore which is good <laughs> um but uh, now we we did a redesign of this page because it used to be a long list of uh, jobs with no easy search, and as you can see, you've now um, selected uh, uh, the filter developer. If you yeah. select that, you should be able to see uh, probably even more jobs um, because yeah, uh, we're wow. hiring. Uh, basically, we have been ever since I joined the company. Uh, which is uh, eight years ago. So I'm not the right person to speak at the WP Career Summit because I haven't had a <laughs> You got a job and no, that was it. <laughs> in, in eight years? Yeah, well, I've got nowhere to go to because I'm home. So <laughs> no, this is definitely... Uh, but but yeah, we're looking for a lot of people. And um, as you can see with all the uh, job ads, you'll see either vegan or hybrid. Uh, because mostly due to the pandemic, we decided to um, sort of expand on what we always did because we've been saying we have a very strong office culture. We did. But after two years working from home, that has changed. Uh, and that reflects in our hiring. So if you're from a fairly close to Western European time zone, um, then well, we'd be happy to have you on board. And it's called hybrid and not remote because we expect you to, as soon as things are possible again around travel, um, but travel to the office uh, regularly. Okay. So not nine to five every day, but frequently and fairly often. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, a week, a month or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 13 jobs over on the Yoast website. So yeah, whoever is in charge of the Yoast jobs really um, probably wants to be signing up for the WP Career Summit. Looks like Courtney is uh, going to be part of that as well. Uh, that's not the comment that's got to do with Career Summit. I'll put the correct one up. There you go. I'll be assisting on the Career Summit as well, specifically with connecting employers with training providers. So go to yoast.com forward slash jobs. Um, and you'll see there's 13 there at the, the minute. And if you're in the time zone fairly close to the Netherlands, then um, then one of those might be for you. What have we got? Senior developers, JavaScript developers, software architects, lead developers, QA, engin QA engineers, CI engineers. The list goes on, 13 jobs. I think that's a boatload of jobs. Hey, and, um, and this is my chance to um, say that if you apply then do mention that you came through me because there might be a nice bonus in it for me. <laughs> Great. I love it. That's so good. Oh, I see. I see what you mean now about the Dutch. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Uh, Yoast.com forward slash jobs. Let's, can we stick with Yoast for a bit as you're here and we've kicked off the Yoast stuff? Why not? Um, 
This was big news, which we didn't thoroughly cover because I actually said, I know that Taco's coming on in the future. Let's just wait until Taco's on and get it from the horse's mouth, for want of a better word. So a couple of couple of weeks ago, um, Yoast, and I confess, it totally took me uh, by surprise. I didn't. I, I had picked up no news that you were developing something for the Shopify side of things, but the the Shopify experience has now been updated. You can download. I, I don't even know if it's called a module or a plugin or an extension or whatever it is. Yeah. What it? An what is app. it? Oh, okay. So there's an app available on Shopify um, for Yoast. So how's it going? Has it met your expectations? Is it going off the shelves like hotcakes? Is there a free version? Is there like a premium upgrade like we have on WordPress? How's it all going? Uh, So there's uh, premium only. Um, uh, At Yoast, we've always said, if you make money off of your website, that's the point where we can make some money off of you. Um, and obviously if you're running an online store, well, the least you should be doing is making money. Um, so there's a premium only for Shopify, uh, at, uh, just $29 a month. Uh, it's very similar to the, the WordPress product, but then obviously adapted to the fact that it's, um, an e-commerce, uh, platform. So, yeah. And the launch was, uh. Fantastic. It was it was so much fun. As you can see in the screen, if you're um, following us live today, then uh, we had a, an event, an online YoastCon. Uh, YoastCon is a conference that we held a few times before, but then in person. This time it was online and focused on, well, basically e-commerce and, and mostly uh, Shopify. And I'm super proud to say that we had some of the biggest names in SEO speak at our conference um so that's definitely uh that was so much fun last thursday um yeah it really it's not been out that long has it the um the because we're wordpress we like to we we really on the whole talk about WooCommerce and you know we're talking about north commerce and other different solutions that are coming along but let's not forget that a lot of people are building e-commerce websites on Shopify, a huge amount. I mean, the, the learning curve is very minimal. The, the, the technical debt that you need, or sorry, the technical expertise that you need is basically zero. And the fees are pretty modest as well. And, and I know for a fact that a lot of people who I speak to on the podcast who have agencies, they just use Shopify because they find that, that whole process to be less fraught. Obviously, the customization is more difficult. Um, if, if in some cases, I imagine it's much more straightforward on the WordPress side, but um, yeah, clever move. I'm really pleased that um, that it's taken off, and uh, and obviously delighted that it's on the platform and working as expected. Good, good. It's going really well, um, and it's new for us because we never had a, a full SaaS before, uh, which this technically is. So we did a release today, and no one notices it just updates there's no um harassing users to install the latest update there's it's all super fluent Uh, it gives a lot more data on how people are using your product um so it's it's a whole new world for us Uh, but all the learnings that we do in shopify we take back 
uh, and also use those to improve the product for WordPress because the base of both is the open source Yoast SEO um, JavaScript framework that does the analysis uh, for both readability and SEO. Uh, so all the learnings from the one platform are transferred to the other and vice versa. Absolutely amazing. And nice that you've got it all bundled up in a SaaS. Um, okay, one last Yoasty related thing. Let's see. This is just a shout out. This, honestly, this was all supposed to be at a different point, but I've just bunched it forward because we started talking about um, various different things, and it seemed to seem to come in. There is an event tomorrow. If you uh, if you're into Yoast, they've got their SEO Yoast News webinar. That's tomorrow. You can find that at yoast.com forward slash webinars forward slash SEO News Jan 2022. But the, the thing that I found interesting was that uh, there's going to be a, a portion given over to um, Sebastian van der Lans, who's got WordProof, which is a plugin, which we had him on the podcast, like, I don't know, 18 months ago or something, talking about it. And we'll come to blockchain and all those kind of things. But if you're into the idea of uh, having a ledger, which makes things immutable on your WordPress website. It might be store transactions or, I don't know, you might be a lawyer or something. Then go and have a listen to Sebastian van der Lans and also the latest WordPress SEO news from the Yoast guys. Yeah, there might even be an announcement for something new. There might be an announcement for something new that's, as well. That's all he's saying. <laughs> there's definitely that's an the announcement. Host. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's certainly an announcement for something new. Uh, okay, that's good. Right, where are we at? Where did we get to? We did that. I'm going to skip that one out. Another event I want to mention. Um, I was reached out to by the guys at Bodyworks. They had a, a webinar which was very successful a couple of weeks ago. And if accessibility is your thing, then tune in on February the 2nd. If you go to bodyworks.com forward slash webinars, this is the latest one. It's called How to Design Accessible Websites, and you could register now. It's at 5 p.m. on February the 2nd. So quick shout out to them and a hat tip. And the last one to do with events, I think, unless I'm wrong, there might be another one later, is I am doing a... WP Builds UI UX session with Pete Neri tomorrow uh, at about 3 p.m. So more or less now, if you're not sick and tired of me droning on about WordPress, then, uh, you know, come back again and have some more. Only it won't be me droning on about WordPress. It'll be Pete Neri instructing you about, about UI UX. The intention is on each episode, we're going to have two websites on the screen. One of them is a user-submitted website. So you, you fill out a form, this form, uh, to tell us about a website that you want her to look at. She will then do it, take it to pieces from a UI UX point of view, what she thinks is good and what she thinks can be improved. But then she's also going to bring along a website which she thinks offers outstanding UI and UX and critique that and explain why she believes it's so good. She's a, she's a brilliant exponent of this. She's a total expert. And uh, the URL for this is wpbuilds.com forward slash UI. Um, and you can go and submit your form. But you'll be on the same live page as we're on now. So wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Enough of me promoting myself. Let's promote somebody else. Fluent Forms. This, um, I don't know if you guys have come across Fluent Forms before, but this is uh, from WP Manage Ninja. They they kind of rocked the forms world about, I don't know, two and a half years ago or something. They had this fabulous lifetime deal 
Uh, and I think they managed to swell the numbers of their subscribers. And off the back of that, I've been building it out ever since then. They've got some really nice features coming up. Um, they have conversational forms, which they've had for a while. But conversational forms are now going to be able to uh, take payments, which apparently you couldn't do before. They've also got a checkable field grid in there. You'll be able to upload files and image uploads as well. Uh, they've also got the option to migrate. So if you're coming from another Forms plugin, the, the options that you've got are Gravity Forms, Caldera Forms, and Ninja Forms. They've got this kind of nice autocomplete field for Google Maps. I don't know. Let's say you're selling a, a widget and you want to know where to deliver it. You can get somebody to click on a Google Map and that's where you need to deliver the widget. It's pretty neat and it works out the box. They've got Discord integration, Salesflare, which is a CRM, HCapture. That seems to be capturing everybody's attention. I know that was what I need a button which goes wah, 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 when I do something like, something like that. That was your moment to be blunt, Taco. <laughs> you passed that one. <laughs> I want to be nice. This is my first. <laughs> Uh, and a bunch of other stuff so props to them uh if you've not looked at it have a look wp fluent forms 4.3 is the latest version uh this is so cool i i have no words for this this is wicked plugins justin tadlock did a piece about their block builder so Maybe, Gustavo, you can tell us how difficult it is to build a block because I've never done it. Sounds like Taco's not going to be doing it anytime soon. My understanding is it's pretty darn hard. I think it depends on, on what you're trying to do, like everything. But uh, in all honesty, I think these are the kind of like, you know, like back in the day in WordPress, you had like people sharing snippets and like you would copy and paste that kind of stuff into your functions.php. I feel like that's the the version of that that we're going to see quite a bit now is like people being able to build blocks without having to necessarily know how to do a lot of the code. Similarly, how we used to do snippets in the kind of earlier days of WordPress and, and, and all of that. Um, certainly doing more React base blocks can get very complicated yeah. like fast and 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 that's a, a has much of a bigger curve for learning than than the than wordpress had before yeah with like the, the the template hierarchy and everything else like that yeah, everybody that I know who's attempted this has come out kind of a bit bloodied and bruised, and they may have crossed the finish line, but there's been quite a lot of oh boy, that was that that was not as easy as I was hoping it would be. Certainly, you know, it wasn't as easy as the the sort of PHP way. Maybe if you're just coming out of college or something, and this is the way that you've always done it, it's like, what are you on about? This is this is fine, but um, but. I think there's going to be a whole range of these kind of tools. So Wicked plugins have got this GUI tool where you can build blocks. And Justin Tadlock had him on the uh, the tavern. They did an interview with him, and they've Justin has reviewed the the plugin. And seems and Justin, I think, has got a very fair mind, and he he points out things that need improving, and he shouts about things that are worth shouting about, and it, he. Everything, when I read this, it shouted, this is good. 
And uh, so I went and had a play, and I managed to follow along. I confess I wasn't building a block for any particular purpose, but I downloaded the, the, the plugin. I installed it, and I followed along with their tutorial. And I was able to build basically like a card plugin, a card block, where you upload an image, and it instantly appears on the website. And you type in some text, and it goes into an H1 tag. And you know, it's you add, you drop in some CSS, and you can do what you like with that, and make it hoverable, and all of these kind of things. And it was it totally worked, and I could instantly see, man, I I could build. I could build a simple little plugin to just display data. I don't know. Let's say I'm a real estate agency owner and I build WordPress real estate sites. I could have a little block for that up and running in, in half an hour with this plugin. So just props to Wicked plugins for the, the, the great work for their UI. My understanding is there are rivals. I didn't know that. There are other commercial offerings. But this certainly seems like worth a look. Go and read the article. See what Justin says maybe give it a download. And, uh, and I've actually got a, um, a WordPress Tavern. It's not WordPress Tavern. That contravenes all sorts of things. I've got a WP Tavern podcast episode coming out in the near future with the founder. And so, um, yeah, you'll be able to learn more about how it works and why they built it. Anything on that, guys? Well, it sounds like something I should definitely play with. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, this is for non-developers... Right, yeah, like I said, I'm an advanced user, so um, this is my area. Give me a UI and I will I will build something. Yeah, so. if you like Elementor, you, you will like this. But basically, if you've ever used something like ACF to construct yeah. advanced custom fields, it's a lot like that. So you set up the, the bits which are going to receive the data, let's call it that, um, the, the attributes, and then you go to the, then you, pair those up with the display and then there's an option to have how it would display on the back end and the front end differently because that's a thing yeah. um, if you don't set the back end one up it will take the front end as the back end and then you just go and play with it and so here's a field and it appears in the block and it's for the house image here's another field and it appears so think acf Except with a block, uh, except with an Elementor style builder with buttons that you drag in and you can reorder everything. And it, you honestly, you'll have blocks half an hour if you follow their tutorial. You'll have your first block built, and it, and you'll be so pleased with yourself. <laughs> I feel like that's a. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I feel like that's a huge improve, like a huge thing for, for um. For the, the thing that we were discussing earlier on about the FSC and the themes, and the more we see kind of either this or these kind of tools that enable people to, like, like people that are not like, like a very seasoned developer or something along the lines of that, to build something that they feel proud of, just like on the early days of WordPress, you'd feel proud about building like a small little widget. Uh, like changing how the yeah, title yeah. of your post shows that kind of stuff like made you proud like oh i got it like that's like even though like you're working with something someone else started crafting and you're taking over from there if that's how you get like younger and new people to feel like they're building something of their own and then it allows the future of wordpress to be like to be this like similar to how it was, I imagine for all of us like 
uh, in the days where like hacking your function .php file was like the way you would do most of the things. I'm still doing that. that. The way I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, yeah, I really am still doing that. Um, no, it is brilliant. It's really good. It just kind of gives gives me a bit of a, a window into what's going to be possible with plugins, tools that end users like me and Taco are going to be able to use in order to create these kind of things. And like I say, you will be up and running really quickly. There's quite a lot on the roadmap. For example, little things like it, you don't get an icon in the block inserter. You just get the generic little brick thing. So they're going to add an icon. There's conditional logic applied. So, you know, if this field isn't filled out, this one doesn't materialize on the on the back end and the front end. It's brilliant. Just go and have a play. And and if, if, you, if you like it, let me know because um, I'd, I'd like to connect you with the, the plugin developer because he's a really genuinely nice guy. Uh, okay, right, here we go. This is going to rev up the conversation. We've got two pieces in close succession which are really interesting to me. Um, first one, we had a piece from Morton that we featured a couple of weeks ago. I'd love, if, if anybody knows Morton, can you connect me with Morton? Because I want to I want to know, I want to get him on the podcast or something. That would be really nice. But he, uh, he he's... Okay, Web3. Web3 kind of comes in two flavors, and I didn't know this. If you write Web3.0, as in web space 3.0, it's different than if you write Web3, as in web no space, with the number three. And Web3 is all the stuff surrounding blockchain, so cryptocurrencies, NFT, and all of that kind of stuff. So that's what... That's what Morton's on about. He's not on about the sort of Web 3.0 wider debate and all of that. And he's put together this piece. And I find myself in broad agreement with a lot of what he's saying. I know, Taco, you can you can come in and, and save the day in a minute. But he's essentially saying that he thinks that that this is all a bit of folly, that the stuff that's being designed for Web3, like, you know, the, the blockchain is the answer to everything. In the future, everything is going to be done on the blockchain, that um, the NFTs are just the greatest idea on earth. Boiling this article down, he seems to be fairly cynical about this, and he seems to be saying it feels like a solution of which which doesn't have a problem to match it yet. Just people have come up with this great idea. Oh, look, blockchain. But the idea that everything needs to be blockchain and in the future the internet will be blockchain seems to be something that he doesn't agree with. And one of the points which hit home hardest to me was that it seems that almost everybody who is developing blockchain, in Morton's opinion, is in some way connected increasingly with a large internet giant so you've got the likes of google and facebook and all of these companies rolling in and massive amounts of venture capital and so the idea of everything being decentralized in the future feels like it's being subverted but that's the messaging that's got to be stuck to it's going to decentralize everything even though it would appear that it's venture capital money and big corporation money that's that's sort of seeding it at the moment. I have really butchered what Morton was saying there, and I tried so hard to, to, to distill my thoughts. But go and read the article. It's big. It's going to take you 15 minutes and then probably another 15 to read it a second time. But it's totally worth it. It's just we're on the cusp of something, and everybody seems to be talking about blockchain this, NFTs that, Bitcoin this. And he's not convinced 
and he's kind of convincing me that I shouldn't be convinced as well. So, right, Taco, fight back. Yeah. Well, um, what I do think, if you uh, can quickly pull up the article uh, on screen again, I think the um, paragraph that's on near the top of your screen um, that oh. holds the yeah the the not the last paragraph of the uh, the the panacea, but the one before. He says the mythos around Web three is rapidly evolving. Uh, from the techno-utopian dream to a promise of fairness, equity, ownership in a post-centralized world. And I think that part of Web3, that promise, and what we already see happening is that people from typically underrepresented groups stepping into Web3, so um, being more visible on the web, that's a very positive thing about it. And that's also what Morton emphasizes in mm. this article. Um, because creating that equity online and, and creating the fairness and everyone giving everyone a chance to participate, I mean, this is what, what we do in WordPress with democratizing publishing. Um, so it's very similar thinking about an open web. Then again, um, what he, he also says in this article is the current implementation is one that is mostly made to make money. Right. Most of most of the use of Web3 is based around money. And then the problem with blockchain is that it consumes a massive and massive amount of energy that we have to produce. And it's not all solar power. Mostly so, solar power. <laughs> My um, I came across a, just before you carry on. I don't know if this is still true, but about six months ago, I came across a, an article, a very reputable article. So I, I say these words, and I'm fairly confident in them. Apparently, Bitcoin mining consumes more electricity than Argentina. I, I would try. Yeah, it's it's rough. Like so, just to riff off on a little bit of the energy thing that Taco was mentioning that Nathan you brought up. It's that's the piece that like is complicated about I think the whole like crypto and blockchain and all of that that piece of the technology until we solve that energy problem and the problem like the energy problem is intrinsical to the technology in the sense of like it's meant to spend energy so that it's not easy to like build tons of it like it, it's just a like a, a part it's of the how pr to proof of work isn't it yeah so and the the massive thing that i think is a problem is that the technology was built with one intention and ended up being used slightly differently like most of the the like you like you create with, with one intention it ends up being used in mm -hmm. an other um, I really want to see us like figure out how to use like blockchain for like uh, validation of things instead of like more honestly used for validation and something that's like you like user friendly enough that we can do validation of like um, like like one good like for me me being someone that immigrated to the U.S. and has gone through the visa process and all of that kind of stuff. I would love to see that be something that like my visa or the passport or your ID is something that like 
if someone steals my ID, there's still yeah. a way to very easily go somewhere and say, hey, this is the proof that I am who I am and done. You know, that's where I think the technology is going to be like beautiful to solve problems of the real world instead of solving problems that we created because someone wanted to make money in some way, shape or form, which is totally valid. We live in a world where people want to make money and that's that's part of the world. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying I would like to see both ends of the spectrum being tackled. Yeah, okay, so I guess a couple of analogies that come to mind, like when Gutenberg, the, you know, the Gutenberg machine was first invented, the printing press, just such a great thing, right? There's just, Nobody can disagree that that was a great idea, except when somebody publishes something which is just horrific. Um, then it's it's been repurposed for something horrific. And another example might be, Again, forgive me, if you're a big lover of Facebook, that's fine. But I think a lot of people increasingly see the you know, the, the problems with things like Facebook and social media. Again, it's not the problem of the internet. It's just it somehow sort of gets misused. And it feels maybe that's Morton's piece, is that the blockchain itself is a brilliant idea, a truly remarkable thought. Um, but it now seems that it's been usurped and is being sold back to us by by endeavors which are basically um, centered around making money uh, and making money for entities that have probably already got enough money. And that's the curious thing, you know, they're making yeah. them they're, they're making these endeavors to be paid in Bitcoin so that they can cash out into U.S. dollars. Uh, you know, it's anyway, it's just it, it's a fascinating read. Go and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And, Anybody got anything else? Because I feel there's more in that if you want to keep going. Yeah. So prior um, to going live, we briefly talked about uh, WorkProof. Um, we also touched on it uh, before uh, because of the webinar thingy. Um, but WorkProof is, well, I'm not saying the only useful thing on blockchain, but at least one of the really useful things because they're using the blockchain to do exactly what Gustavo said, to be able to say at this point in time i can prove i published this piece my terms of service of my e-commerce store have been like this since the moment you made your purchase on my store um but also i'm a news outlet i yes. was the first person to actually break this news and everyone else who has the exact same article on their site is just copying mine. And that form of being able to show what's rightfully yours or what where you were first and, and the exact state that was in, I think that's a useful use of blockchain. So here's something that's interesting. So as probably for people that are not aware, um, a lot of the mining and the computational proof of work has been done uh, with the GPUs, the modern GPUs, which is causing a shortage in all kinds of markets for like building computers, which is also affecting servers and all kinds of different things. Um, just as an interesting thought, I really enjoy how one of the solutions to that has been floated around by people in the in in the 
in that market and is like being able to avoid people that buy in bulk through using like allowing you to be able to see who like who bought this that like what's the chain of of like who bought this who used this particular um like product like and be able to verify the chain of like uh custody of chain of custody but like of the 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 that particular object or for like selling tickets to like a uh, like a super bowl or something along the lines of that where you can you can guarantee that you you're buying like the real thing you yes. know that's that's really cool yeah the the sort of con the idea of a canonical record that this is this was the first thing you know and your your wordproof example taco is just so brilliant you know it, it might even be kind of like anti libelous kind of thing look i look i did not write that this is this was changed by somebody and then reposted somewhere else and look mine is older I can prove it categorically. That is really brilliant. And the idea that you, I hadn't even thought of that, Gustavo, the idea of like preventing the ticket touts from consuming all the Super Bowl tickets and then selling them at 10x. Yeah, all of these. And these feel like the word is, I'm going to misuse the word philanthropic because it really isn't the right word. But the, the idea of something that's not profit orientated, it doesn't have a profit motive. It's just, there's just a there's just some sort of goodness tied up in it. You're creating a ledger to prove something, not because there's money in it, but just because it's a, it, there's a reasonable use case for it. And I feel that I feel that the examples that both Taco and Gustavo have told me just then that flips the switch for me a bit. This article now is starting to feel like okay, I've dwelled on the negative bits that were in it and not possibly concentrated on the positive bits, which Morton does actually mention, to be honest, but. Okay, that was fascinating. Oh, right. And, oh. And at the same time, there's um, also more negatives when we're, we're talking. Uh, sorry, I really have to go here. Um, but uh, when you're talking about the, the crypto, uh, the, the, all the coins and, and everything um, with cryptocurrency, people are saying, hey, this is uh, so that no institute can touch my money i'm not relying on a bank i um well the irs can't see what i have in my possession because you know it's not tax evasion it's privacy right um <laughs> you should have seen his face as he said that <laughs> but the problem there is that if someone steals your crypto wallet oh Where's your insurance? Oh. If someone steals my bank card, I call my bank and say, please don't let anyone make payments. And if they do, they will probably be videotaped because, well, security. And then they might even find the person who stole my uh, bank card. So that concept of decentralizing everything and, and not having a responsible party or not having any um, yeah, uh, insurance in your financial status, I'm not sure that feels like liberation or that's just scary as hell. Yeah, it's an interesting idea, isn't it? it, it, it in a sense, it's quite distrustful that institutions at their heart 
are bound to be corrupt. You're kind of working on the assumption that the the bank is never looking out for your best interest. Well, I actually have the opposite opinion. I think the bank is there to to provide a good service and hope that I stick around and keep my money with them. So they're going to try and provide a good service. And this paragraph from Morton sums it up. It says, it's lovely, this. I think, Taco, maybe you were thinking of this one. With the advent of cryptocurrencies, anyone can now it can now once again mint their own legal tender and try to convince others that, in, that the new coin has value. And they'll tell you this has absolutely nothing whatsoever at all. Cross my heart and hope to die. Pinky swear anything to do with evading taxes at all. Sure. He says, and I, 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 I kind of think I don't want to be in control of all my money. I mean, I want to be in control of the bit that I need today, but I don't want to be in control of everything that I've ever earned. And if I drop something on the floor and my, you know, my dog stands on it, you know, I'm thinking of a pen drive or something, which has got my, not that you'd be that stupid, but you never know. The idea that people in general would want to would want to totally look after every single asset that they own by themselves. I cannot see that working out. I, I don't I don't want to be in charge of all that. I'd like somebody else to do it, but interesting. Yeah, especially because super expensive. Oh, yeah. It will be super expensive if you have to take care of all of that yourself. Because let's assume that we're talking real money here and you save that in a safe place uh, in your house. Then you have to upgrade the security of your house because there's, I mean, you, you run a podcast, you're rich. So you have like 100,000, 200,000 um, uh, pounds in, in your house. So you want to make sure that's Do safe. I? Where is it? <laughs> I don't know. Are you married? <laughs> um, but, you know, that's the thing. Then everyone has to have all that security in their own house, which is really expensive. By centralizing all of that, there's a bank responsible for keeping your money safe. And you log into their website and you see, oh, this is how much money they keep safe for me. It feels like luxury, not a problem. The, um, the, the, the Nathan has a Bentley in his garage outside. Yeah, it's a little toy. It's about this big. Uh, and it, yeah, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I really wish that I had a Bentley outside. The yeah, it's a fascinating debate because on the one hand, I am a big proponent of you know open source things and and I love individual freedoms and all of that. But I think there are some points where society is complex for a reason, and the complexity and the ability for other people to manage things which they understand and I don't is a good thing you know i, I don't, don't want, want to understand yeah i don't want to, to farm but i am happy to eat i don't want to bank but i am happy to spend and all of those kind of things and it's you know it's we're we're, lo- we're very lucky that we live in a complex society where our time can be uh, given over to a really specific event that will benefit other people down. Anyway, we've gone into philosophy hour. <laughs> Check us out. <laughs> right, let's move on to the next one quickly. This, oh, I know this has got Gustavo uh, interested. I, again, forgive me, it's kind of going off the WordPress theme a little bit, but it's definitely of interest to us. It's it's um, Jeff, Deer, De- Jeff Geerling, and he's got a, a piece called The Burner, sorry, The Burden, <laughs> Burner, The Burden of an Open Source Maintainer. You, 
please read this. It's so interesting. And it's about a, a chap, Jeff, who, by all accounts, is in charge of a very large amount of open source projects. You know, he is a committer to, maintains, he says, 200 open source projects. He says, apparently, that's news to him. Uh, 18,000 forks, 42,000 stars across his repos, and a whole laundry list of statistics. Uh, but Jeff is burned out. And the reason I think Jeff is burned out is because essentially people are using his stuff all the time. And as we've seen, I think there's this trickle going on at the moment. It's a very, it's like somebody's just lit a match and that match is still about 50 yards away from the, the piece of TNT, but somebody is very slowly walking that match towards the piece of TNT. And it's this whole open source thing and the idea that all these people who are contributing are not getting remunerated and kind of getting a bit down, a bit miserable, a bit burned out, a bit depressed because the burden of these projects is increasingly like a society problem. And and he's feeling a bit burned out. He says um, some of the users of his projects contribute, uh, contributors, they take offense when they post a, a pull request. And, and he doesn't manage to do anything about it for a few days because, you know, he's got a life. Um, but yet they are treating it almost as if, like walking into a bank. You, you know, I want to see the teller and I want to withdraw my money right now. And he's saying, no, my approach is going to be, this is my project. I'm making it freely available, but I've built it for me primarily for me and if you want to fiddle with it and i'm got the time that's great but if not please just go and fork it and there's more nuance in this but essentially it boils down to i don't really have the time to deal with everything i'm doing everything i can but i've got to put food on the table and do my regular job and don't you know don't be too upset with me if i don't deal with you as if you are a paying customer and i know that gustavo you thought this piece was interesting right this piece, this piece hits like very, very near to my heart in terms of like how much the like WordPress has long been a, a open source software that has given like as a company like in the sense of like automatic behind WordPress and a lot of these things have given money to a lot of the projects jQuery one of the major sponsors of jQuery during like the like the early days of JavaScript and all of that was uh, automatic and through WordPress and some of that some of that piece is a big portion of why jQuery was so big. And I feel like there's a underappreciation of how much work goes into certain people around the internet that maintain pieces of software that are like incredibly obscure to the majority of the people like using the software and there's this person in the middle of like middle of europe or the middle of the us or in australia in a corner of australia that maintain it and because they love how much that tool enables people to do things and they uh enjoy their like that piece but there's a burnout that happens because there's no money like people don't give back and this is something that wordpress has long talked about in companies giving back to their open source um, projects that they rely on and if you look at github sponsors is one of the like the 
kind of one of the major players and there's some other ones i'm not gonna be able to name them all but like there's a couple of tools that allow people to kind of oh i i'm relying on these particular tools let me give like two dollars very much like patreon is to a lot of the, the 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 internet and like youtube channels that are like hey i can't only rely on ads because i get censored all the time because i talk about topics that are complicated you know on the same sense the technology that we use creates a lot of burnout on the people that maintain it and specifically for me i use fake uh, I, I developed faker press plugin to create fake data for for wordpress faker the tool behind it in 2020 the developer uh he francois um i'm gonna i, I don't remember his second name he stopped supporting it completely because he was like hey this is a major endeavor in php and it's not what i'm like it's not the language that i use anymore uh, i'm into more ruby now in javascript and react so i'm not going to support this tool it gives me a lot of headaches doesn't bring me like doesn't put like money on the table which is hard because i have a family i have things same thing that this person is is talking about you know um it's it's a challenge even in wordpress giving back is sometimes seen as like people people complain about the fact that some people in wordpress are like hey you you should be giving some back you know um you make a, an awful amount of money out of this because of this platform um in that like i know the yoast does a really good job at, at donating time from people and some of that stuff and that's one piece for sure and i'm like how can there be more to this like piece right like of like engaging people companies specifically into giving money to open source projects so that people can actually like keep their safety um the java thing that was in the news very recently is, yeah the log 4j thing yeah all of that is like a a big portion of how majority of internet runs you know so well, what's really curious about this to me and it, it, i want to if you hadn't mentioned it gustavo i was going to mention the yoast thing and you, you see at the state of the word there was that chart that matt pulled up and there was like automatic you know as to be expected and then there was pretty darn big Yoast circle. So uh, props to Yoast. I don't know who makes those decisions, but clearly, you know, a lot of money has come from the Yoast side of things to keep our our project of choice going. But the um, it, a lot of these things are just totally invisible. You know, you may be using something on your phone, which is reliant. And, you know, if you dig in the menus, you can sometimes see there's a little button right at the bottom which says, you know, uses or, you know, open source software licenses. And there's just a laundry list of like nine or ten little things which are um, being used. But they're just not, for want of a better word, they're not sexy. You know, it's not celebrity. It's not the guy on the YouTube channel who's saying, you know, sponsor me and I'll do some more fun videos for you. It's not entertainment. And yet they are increasingly the linchpins of a lot of the things which we're relying on. Like, like I bet you, I can't say for certain, but I would imagine that our conversation today is happening on, you know, the, the conduits, the wires, the technology that's pr allowing us to do all of this is probably held up by massive amounts of free labor. 
Um, great. Amazing. But it feels, like I said, somebody's lit the match. They're getting closer to the TNT. I just wonder if the seesaw is moving slightly and the open source guys are starting to become a bit kind of unionized and starting to get their pitchforks out. Yeah, it's a complicated topic. Actually, because um, the only thing the open source maintainer can do is stop maintaining their open source project. Uh, because mm. the nature of open source is that they're putting it out there for free. So if they stop doing that, it's no longer an open source maintainer. Um, so that's that's really hard. Yeah, well, Jordan's definitely right. Um, but the the thing is that even within WordPress, um, an open source project is probably less and less run on volunteer hours mm. because it gets harder to get into WordPress. It takes more time. Um, if you create a patch and you have to follow it through all the way um, through several code reviews, etc., and you have to write tests and you have to do all of that, it becomes harder and harder to contribute even. Um, I'd be curious if someone created an overview of like the top so many hundred contributors to WordPress, not just core, but the whole of WordPress. Right. How many of them are really doing this in their spare time? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Who's seconded? Who is, um, you know, yeah, I agree. I think the interesting thing here is that the stuff that we buy into, so if we buy a plugin or if we use a free plugin, we've kind of got a one-to-one relationship with that. We we kind of, we can see the author name and we can understand what's been done. It's It feels to me like this is more the back-end stuff, the invisible stuff, the glue that's binding the Linux kernel and all of these things which just, Nobody even knows they're using, and yet they're being used all the time. And I feel, it, you know, on the WordPress side of things, it feels like that we've kind of squared that circle. You know, the events calendar, Yoast, there's free and there's pro, for want of a better word. Um, and so there is a way to monetize that, and we've done it. But there is no equivalent in what... Um, Jeff Gearling is talking about, you know, his projects, there's no way to monetize that because there's no one-to-one relationship. At no point, probably, are you ever touching an end user. It's just some bit of the internet, which, what? Why would I pay for that? I don't even know. What What does it do? What, it allows me to press return automatically. Oh, great. I mean, you know, who knows what the project might yeah. do, but and yeah. In, in Jeff's article, he says he has no intention of monetizing it. So that's even one step further yeah uh, yep. even if he could he doesn't want to but people are putting demands on him as if it is a high paid product yeah and you know that a lot of the the, the people who are anyway i'm not going to go into that because it's it's a repeat of what we said a minute ago uh right okay moving on because we're running out of time very quickly and i know there's a couple of things to mention first one Taco, I think it was you that brought this up. Is uh, It's WP Tavern article, Black Press Meetup to host Meet and Greet Mixer, 27th of January. Is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, I think it's awesome. And I think it deserves a lot of attention that this is happening. Uh, it's, I'd say, another diversity initiative that 
deserves all the voice that we can give it um, in our community. So that's why I yeah, highlight. I'll, I'll quickly mention the date for those of you that are listening. Uh, it says, established this year by Destiny Fox Carno and Joe A. Simpson Jr., the Black Press Meetup Group will host its first event next week uh which is actually this week now it will be a meet and greet social hour for attendees the session will run from 7 p.m to 8 p.m cst on thursday the 27th of january and they say our goal is to both bring more creators of black african descent into the wordpress community and also provide a community space for those already there to connect learn and support each other responded the organizer for the reason of the meetup and there's more to be found uh over on the wp tavern article it's called black press meetup to host meet and greet mixer on january the 27th and i'm sorry that's got such short shrift because we're now basically out of time and the last one for this week which i wanted to spend loads more time on but i think we've probably bashed google enough today <laughs> i'll get libeled one day uh taco just quickly run down the takeaways of this piece it's on wired called europe's move against google analytics is just the beginning this feels like it's right in yost's wheelhouse uh well this is google analytics so not really uh it's a, it's a tool that you can use to analyze the traffic on your site and has well i would almost say nothing to do with seo um but it is interesting because it will define where where the web is going um, because a lot of sites are relying on Google Analytics to do their analytics and Austria is the first to say hey we're not sure this is actually GDPR compliant mm. um, in a few years we'll know what this leads to Interesting. the the fact that this is now being discussed is uh, is interesting if you're using uh, Google Analytics, you know, it's a bit of drop-in code. You put it on your website, and the knob of the problem is that this particular website in question here is called NetDoctor. I don't know much about it, but the, the they are being taken to task because essentially data egresses the EU, goes and sits in the in the us which is legal but then there's different protections offered which what can be with what can be done with that data and i think that's that feels like that's around where the problem is you know is that data going up is the data of european citizens residing inside of um the us going to be treated in a different way so yeah watch this debate uh, I, I, of course, uh, live in oh, Great Britain, which is, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into that either. <laughs> too much to say. Oh, dear. Uh, right. I think that's it. We, we've managed to get through it. It was a ton of interesting stuff there. I hope that you enjoyed that. Thank you to everybody who, uh, who commented. Of course. Uh, I'd like to give special thanks to Gustavo Bordoni um, from the events calendar for joining us today. And Taco, I'm going to massacre it again. Oh, no. How about if I say Taco and you say... <laughs> you well, say this is why my Twitter handle is Taco Verdo, because that's the part people usually get. Can right. I say that? It's Taco, it's Taco yeah. Verdo. So uh, Gustavo from the events calendar, Taco Verdo from Yoast. I really appreciate you joining us today. It's been been absolutely lovely. Uh, if you wouldn't mind sticking on the call just for a second afterwards, that would be greatly appreciated. We do this thing. I, this is going to be really awkward, but we have to sort of wave like this so that I can capture the image for the screenshot. There we go. That's 
that's great. Thank you if you've made any comments. There was an awful lot coming in. I really appreciate it. I know that especially in North America, it's like stupid o'clock. Um, and I really appreciate you attending and giving us your commentary. We'll be back next week. Take it easy. Bye for now. Thanks so much.